On this week's episode of the Eldritch Lawcast, we're taking a little bit of time off to play Fate Accelerated, a role-playing game by Evil Hat Productions in this A Very Grim Hollow Christmas. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Eldritch Lawcast. My name is Ben Byrne here, as always, with Dale Kingsmill, Sean Merwin, James Hake, and this week... We're doing something a little bit different, partly because we are looking through uh, time. Once again, we're pre-recording this, so we're existing somewhere in the future right now, in our future. Um, We also don't know what's going to happen in our future. So we thought uh, as a a season's greetings gift to you all and to ourselves, we take a bit of a load off this week, uh, relax our thinking brains, Uh, well, at least the three of you can relax your thinking brains. I'm still going to be thinking a fair bit here Um, (laughs) because we are playing Fate. Uh, We're playing Fate Accelerated, to be specific, which is a role-playing game uh, by Evil Hat Productions. Um, And uh, we're playing this game because it was what Ben could learn in a week uh, and be able to run it at the same time. Uh, I was a little bit apprehensive about doing this just because I've never run Fate before, but I want this to be a, a... a, a a symbol for all those out there that are that want a dungeon master, want a game master, want to run their own games, want to learn a new system, but find it intimidating. Just do it. Just get out there and give it a go because that's what yes. I'm doing today. Never run this before, um, so judge me not harshly. What's another? What's the opposite of harshly? Dale, what's the opposite of harshly? Kindly. <laughs> Kindly. Thank you. Okay, hopefully I don't have brain freezes like that during this whole That English thing. lit degree finally coming in handy. <laughs> I reckon. All right, uh, I will take a moment. Uh, if you've never played Fate before, I'm just going to do a quick primer of the rules. I'm not going to explain everything um, just because we want to play more than we want to uh, explore the rules. Um, but if you've never played Fate before, just so you can follow along with what's happening, the, the main focus, and please correct me, Dale and or Sean, who have played this before, if I get any of this wrong, the main focus of the game is really about collaborative storytelling through uh, aspects and fate points. And aspects are basically something that describes a character or a thing. Um, So for example, an aspect could be like, this is a cat and it sleeps all day is is one of its aspects. It's always sleeping. So chances are you'll find that cat asleep. But you can invoke a fate point to use an aspect such as I'm going to sneak past that cat and I'm going to give myself a bonus by using a fate point because the cat's asleep. So therefore I should be able to get past that cat safely. Sean, is that a fairly good encapsulation of things? That is such a wonderful encapsulation of things. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me just. You do. You impressed Sean. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can be happy now. I just run out of frame. You never see me again. I've, I've lived my life goals. Um, uh, cool. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let us jump straight into our seasonal game of Fate Accelerated. You can find uh, some of these rules online. And I think that they, well, I don't think I know because I went and purchased this through DriveThruRPG. So if you do want to give this role playing game a go, um, you definitely can. However, we are setting our. Uh, game and this is one of the great things about fate is it's quite setting agnostic you can run anything you want with it aliens and spaceships or cowboys or fantasy or modern drama or high school or all of those mixed together Uh, we are setting our fate game surprise surprise uh, in the world of grim hollow Um, and uh, i suppose without further ado let us begin this uh, seasonal adventure "'Tis all winter solstice, and silent in the city of Landhouse, not a creature dared move, not even a barn mouse. Gripped by terror, one year more, the folk of the village locked all their doors. The monster called the Giver thudded upon their roofs, leaving gifts in their house like rotted fish and old boots.' Some old-fashioned onions, others found lumps of coal, some an animal's bones or the head off a doll. Fed up with these gifts, the end the giver too, the village bands together to make this monster shoe. And this is where you come in, our brave heroes three, to scare away this monster and set Landhouse free. 
Woo! Yay! <laughs> Very Excellent. Nice. We begin our tale in the main square of Land House, where a hundred villagers gather holding pitchforks and torches, uh, listening to a man who stands on a wooden stage yelling and ranting. Snow blankets the stage and the cobblestone streets and the roofs of the houses nearby, and snowflakes drift down softly from above, from the night sky. It is only recently sundown, the sunset maybe an hour ago, and the village has now banded together, knowing that it's the winter solstice and inevitably the giver will strike again, leaving these unpleasant, macabre, gribbly gifts in the houses of those that live in Landhouse, which is a village that started off very small, just a collection of small wooden huts, but through the years has grown, being on the main artery of a trading uh, route, has grown and gotten bigger and kind of spread uh, across the, out to the, to the farmland that surrounds it. So it's a fairly big task to give gifts to every uh, man, woman and child and uh, everyone within Landhouse, but uh, the giver seems to accomplish it every year. The villagers having had enough uh, there are three particular fateful individuals that are also gathered within the town square listening to this individual up on stage ranting and raving. Uh, and the first of these individuals, Kalos Drake. Kalos, would you like to describe uh, what you look like? Yes, I am Kalos Drake. I am a sorcerer who resides on the outskirts of Landhouse, atop a hill gazing down upon all within the village. And though I spend much of my time gazing into my mystic orb, peering into worlds beyond this, seeking any strange tales from the beyond, I have seen things here. I know that the people of Landhouse who saved my life long ago deserve better than this, paltry fate of rat carcasses and onions at best in the socks which they hang over their fireplaces at night. I have seen other worlds where such foul givers do not darken the doorstep of towns much like this one, and I will see this foolishness put to an end. I'm dressed in flowing crimson robes, the scruff of a beard and moustache about my face, images of dragons and other arcane paraphernalia wrapped about my form, and I stand before these people, prepared to give unto them the good turn that they deserve. Are you separating yourself from the audience? Are you perhaps on the stage as well, or nearby the stage? Oh, most certainly. Arms. Open. Voice raised, staff above my head, orb in the other, making myself as peacockishly large as my already voluminous robes give me the power to be. Great. Perfect. Uh, fantastic. Are, are you, in fact, the man ranting and raving upon the stage? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I, I think there's no other option. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Good. <laughs> um, also, perhaps hidden within the crowd here uh, is Brillo Greenback. Uh, Brillo, I would uh, suggest you're maybe feeling a little uncomfortable knowing that this crowd of angry, uh, of an angry mob, uh, almost called the mobsters. I guess people in a mob, are they mobsters? Is that the definition of mobster? Anyway. Are you sure? Uh, so Why not? Now. <laughs> <laughs> These angry mobsters. Um, uh, among them are bounty hunters and, and individuals that hunt for, for never-do-wells uh, for gold. So I suggest purely uh, that Brillo Greenback is perhaps feeling a little uncomfortable. But but tell me what Brillo looks like. Uh, Brillo is wearing everything he owns. So he doesn't have a backpack per se. You know, the, his tea kettle is perched on his head as a helmet. The washboards that he uses to wash his clothes, provide cover to his front and his back. Uh, his elbows are cups, tin cups, uh, allowing for minimal but still smooth movement. Uh, and really what he's thinking, 
after already having checked out all the bounty hunters in the crowd and being pretty sure that none of them have been to the cities that he's been to, is wondering why these people aren't selling these things that the giver is giving. Sure, you might not get a lot for fish bones, but I'm sure somebody could make soup out of them. And coal? Do you know what coal is going for these days? <laughs> uh, so, so in his head, he's going, oh, these people don't know what they're good. They've got a good. They've got a good here. They've got a good. And I'm going to take it from them. Oh, okay. So your goal here is to, to collect the gifts that the giver is leaving or perhaps to, to try to collect the giver themselves and, and get all the goods for yourself? Well, there's probably more valuable things in their homes, which we will definitely have to investigate because we need to figure out how the giver gets into their homes. And of course, I won't be like leaving doors secretly unlocked because that would be wrong. Okay, fair. Uh, someone to keep an eye on, certainly. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of which, someone to keep an eye on. Also uh, within the crowd, uh, Eleanor Blakenly. Am I pronouncing that correct? Blake, Blakeney. Blakeney. What does Eleanor look like? Um, well, funny enough, Eleanor is, um, you know, a, a slightly taller woman, a little bit scrawny, and she's, she has very pale skin and, and brown curly hair. That, I mean, <laughs> what a surprise. Um, she's a half-elf, uh, and she's, she's dressed very inconspicuously. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever very inconspicuous means. You know, because she definitely doesn't uh, have a secret identity at night as the Landhouse Phantom who um, steals into people's houses <laughs> without leaving a trace, except for her calling card uh, taking whatever valuables with her. She's definitely not a cat burglar. It's, it's all okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> starting to sense a theme here like as the giver goes out and gives gifts people in landhouse are going to be like ah oh, the giver didn't come this year because someone's yeah. going to be creeping along behind taking <laughs> taking everything <laughs> yeah that's how we solve the problem we just become the takers every year right Done. Okay. Um, <laughs> solved why didn't no. they think of this I also I foresee that uh, that she or current C whatever whatever the the present tense version of foresee is I feel in my heart that uh, the reason Eleanor is volunteering to help out in stopping the giver is because she's really she's just a little bit po'd that he's getting more <laughs> attention for his break-ins his reverse heists than she is for her heist heists. Okay, fair. or she would be if she were a cat burglar. Um, the crowd at the moment, uh, as mentioned, having pitchforks and, and torches or, or some collection of thing among them, uh, of weapon, um, are kind of getting, uh, riled up by Kalos, um, uh, who behind you, Kalos, stands a man who you know is the town crier, but he also has the ear of the alderman. So he's here uh, on, on behalf of the alderman, but uh, you having taken to the stage and, and rowling up the crowd yourself, he basically, you know, feeds you the, the tidbits of information that you need uh, to, to feed to the crowd, um, tells you that, uh, you know, tonight is the night that we're going to hunt the giver go out into the streets good folk and and find this creature and bring it back and that there's a a 500 gold piece reward offered for the giver if they can be brought back alive and a 300 gold piece reward if the giver's body can be brought back as evidence that the monster has been slain how do you relay this to the crowd um, I, I say it boldly, flashily, with much gesticulating and, uh, and bursting of arcane fire. And I, I conclude it all off with, And, brave people of Landhouse, you go out, you be the eyes and ears of justice in this place, while I stay here, in the center of town, making preparations for a ritual that I tell to you. Will put an end to this so-called giving once and for all. Okay, cool. The, the the crowd definitely seem riled up and ready to to go. But for the sake of indulging in the the rule set momentarily, sorry, sorry, Brillo. What what are you doing at this moment? And you, with your hand raised in the crowd, what say you? Uh, if if we bring it back alive. 
and then kill it while it's here, do we get 800 gold? Um, I say, there is nothing in the rules that forbids such an action. <laughs> and I kind of look at the herald behind me, kind of like, uh-huh, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, he's uh-huh. <laughs> Sure, yeah. <laughs> Burlo pulls his banjo out and begins sharpening the blade at the end of it. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, all right, so is your intention at the moment, uh, moment Kalos, to, to send the crowd out? You're trying to, to amp them up and send them out through the through the town looking for the giver? Um, yes. Uh, of all of my approaches, careful is the one with a plus zero in it. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think collateral damage is really on Kalos's mind, even a little bit. Okay, cool. Uh, can I get you? Now, this is, I believe, uh, creating uh, an advantage uh, is what I'm going to, to call this action. Um, and basically the idea is that uh, if you succeed on a roll, and I'll get you to roll flashy because you've been so, uh, you know, amping flashy up the crowd and, and, and flashy about it, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You can try to create an aspect on the crowd and that aspect mm. could be whatever you want it to be. You could be like they all run off and they're, they're vehemently, you know, furiously tearing into houses or they all run off and they're, they're all, um, you know, carefully, very politely looking through the houses. You can choose what, what sort of aspect you want to try and create. So I'll get you to, to make a roll for me, a fate roll, if you will, and add flashy to it. Okay, here it goes. My flash is plus three, so let's roll. Uh, the dice show minus one, um, okay. but that is a total of two that we're getting out of there. Okay, cool. That that is enough. That is enough. This cra- like you've got this crowd kind of wrapped around uh, your little finger at this point, so you can kind of send them out in any sort of mood that you want to. What aspect do you want to give the crowd? Um, I will say that a new aspect for this crowd is riled up. Great. Okay. Cool. And and that and I I think that would mean that they're very sort of persuadable. They're angry. That as long as you convince, as long as you can give them an indication that something is in their best interest, they won't think too hard about it. They'll just kind of go because they're swept up in the wave. Gotcha. Okay, not a problem. Um, uh, at, at, I believe this is the way it works. At any point, anybody can for free. Uh, you don't need to spend a fate point if you want to use the riled up aspect from the crowd because uh, Brillo has generated that uh, aspect. Um, the crowd do start to, to kind of disperse. Some people just like running, just like picking a direction. They're like, wait, and just like go sprinting <laughs> off between the alleyways. Some of them form groups and you can see them sort of, and they're like making, you know, small plans, but like they're moving as they go. They're definitely not standing still and like making maps in the snow or anything like that. They're just picking a house and already like close by, there are some people banging on doors to be let in. Um, what uh, what at this point, uh, Eleanor, are you going to do? Um, I mm, let me see. Uh, I think I'm going to to look for the richest houses nearby. That just feels like a good place to start. Okay. Just uh, glancing around. I'm not. I'm not wandering over or anything. Just looking around. Where? Where? What are the wealthiest looking buildings? And they don't have to be houses. Gotcha. Okay. Make for me uh, a, I, I assume this is overcoming an obstacle. This is kind of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm translating this into 5e in my head. It's like, what's a perception check in fate? <laughs> um, make for me a careful roll. A careful roll. I'm glad that it's careful because I have a bonus there. Can I, can I double check? I'm rolling four dice, am I? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. And for, for people at home, just so you know, I'm rolling six-sided dice and two sides are blank. Two sides have minuses and two sides have pluses. And you, you add them to your numbers. All right. Okay. Okay, so that came out zip total, which gives me a uh, two for my check. Okay, cool. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. So two, two So I've got a, a bonus of plus two and yep. my roll came out square. It came out even. Gotcha. What do they yeah. call this in fate? A two is a good roll, I think. I believe so. Yeah, it's it's two is two is fair. Three is good. Two is fair. Yeah. 
Um, as you look through the the sort of night streets, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eleanor, are you half elf? I am a half elf. Yes, uh, I so got them pointy ears. As we as we all know, with dark vision, um, you <laughs> scan through the streets, can see maybe a few blocks further than most other people, um, and as you look off in the distance, you can see that there is like a house. It's not. It's not a mansion per se. In fact, I'd call it about the size of like, you know, a, a, a three-bedroom, two-story home or something like that. Maybe a four-bedroom, two-story home. But in the context of Landhouse where most people are, are living in sort of little one-bedroom homes, the rent in Landhouse is just <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, you would not you would not even know. It looks like probably a wealthy-ish place to start, you know. Upper middle class. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brillo, you uh, standing in the crowd, see this half elf, uh, assuming that you two don't already know each other, actually, um, kind of scanning around. <laughs> we use this... the same fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're here too. Um, as everybody else just like scatters off in random directions, you can see this half elf who you recognize from your fence, um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey the fence. Jeffrey the um, fence. Uh, yeah, you guys know him. Uh, he's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, fencer. He, he build fences as well as fencing stolen items. So he it's kind the of best cover. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Old Jeffrey. And, and yeah, he, yeah. he does sword play as well. So he fences. <laughs> <laughs> How many fence puns can we come up with for Jeffrey? Oh, Jeffrey several. The um, this half elf has a plan. You can see that from the way that they're looking around, uh, more so than just picking a random direction and running off. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do, I will keep an eye on Eleanor, uh, who I've who I've heard of, but I want to find sort of a big, tough, yet dumb-looking uh, fellow who maybe, yeah, one who has a pitchfork, who isn't already with a group. Mm-hmm. Easily done. You spot a guy. Right. I, I want to sidle up to him and say, "Yeah, you you want to split the reward with me? I've I've got a lead." You just you stick with me, keep that pitchfork handy, and we'll be all set. This guy turned... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm trying to create an advantage of having a big, dumb uh, helper. Okay, cool. Uh, make for me... Uh, uh, what would this be? Would this be clever or sneaky? What do you I, think? I'm trying... Uh, it's, it's up... Uh, I would say it's clever. Even right. though I'm better with sneaky, uh, clever, I think I'm trying to be clever about it. All uh, right, I'd agree. Go roll clever for me. All right. And on the dice, I got three pluses and one minus. So that comes out to plus two, and my uh, clever is plus two. So that is a plus four total. All right. This guy turns around, looks down at you. He's a big barrel-chested, like, Terry Crews-looking dude. Um, <laughs> you know, just just arms for days. Um, he's got, like, a pitchfork, but he's, like, almost taller than the pitchfork. Uh, this guy's so huge. And as he looks down at you, he says, well, I know you. There's a bounty for your head round these parts and kind of, like, slowly lowers his pitchfork towards you. Um, he, he, uh, a smile creeps to his face, um, and he says, lead me to where, uh, this lead of yours is. I will do so. Big good sir. He seems to be. That's the guy's broad. name is Big Good Sir. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> yeah, that's officially it now. Yes. Cross out whatever whatever I had. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to. Uh, uh, what's what's the official wording? The official wording is to um, invoke. Invoke. Uh, yeah, invoke yes. Uh, I'm going to invoke your wanted for many offences aspect against you. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't have a, a huge effect right now. It's just more so that you don't know if you can trust this guy. Like he's, you, he's swayed. He reckons that he'll he'll follow you. But big good sir might not be as as good as he is big. 
um, <laughs> and not so much of a sir as a as also a felon that is uh, would would happily take gotcha. easy gold. But for the moment, he's kind of like following along. Maybe he believes that yes, you would know. Pardon me, where okay. the the good stuff is, where the good leads are. Um, okay, cool. So just for our listeners out there, what just happened was we start with three fate points that we can use to our advantage. He used an aspect against me. Uh, so I get a fate point because that aspect was used against me and I accepted it. I could say, no, I really don't want that to happen. But then I would have to spend a fate point in order to get that uh, part of the story erased. So I will happily accept another fate point uh, bringing me up to four. And now I have, uh, now I have a maybe helper, maybe hinderer. We'll find (laughs) out. And I will head toward Eleanor because I'm going to share my misfortune with my friends. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm looking at this building and I want to hit a lot of places tonight. So I'm thinking that having a partner in crime tonight is going to be the way to go. (laughs) Okay, great. So you accept as, as they approach, what's the exchange between you? I think I turn around looking for anyone and go, you! <laughs> hey, Miss Eleanor, nice to see you. This is my friend, Big Good Sir. Oh, uh, nice to meet you, Big Good Sir. I am a perfectly normal citizen. Uh, this perfectly normal citizen, she is the one who's going to find <laughs> the giver. Oh, <laughs> you're looking, You're looking for the giver too. Oh, that's interesting. Because I happen to need an extra set of hands. I. <laughs> what do you say? We split the uh, prize I... money. We take out the giver. We take a, a couple little things on the way. We'll be golden. <laughs> this guy looks down at Brillo and chuckles and goes, yeah, <laughs> couple little things on the way. <laughs> okay. He seems very reasonable. Yeah, he, 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 he seems nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, are you heading off towards the, the larger building that you saw? I mean, yeah, why not? Why not? Great. Um, the crowd departs so quickly and suddenly that the three individuals, Big Good Sir, Eleanor, Brillo, um, their mingling within the crowd does not go unnoticed by Kalos up on the stage. Um, And these people separate themselves a little bit just by the very nature of the fact that, you know, particularly Brillo wearing a a teapot or a pot on his head, um, they don't quite look like the the ordinary kind of pitchfork citizens that that the rest of the crowd looked like. And they they have a, a... not an outward schemingness about them, but there is a, uh, a an obvious planning that is going on there. Uh, what is your your thoughts on this, Kalos? Uh, do you want to interact with this at all? Yes. So as as the the crowd has sort of gone their their separate ways, uh, I have made my way down from the little stage that has been erected here and towards a big kind of bonfire in the middle of the town square. And I'm holding aloft my mystic orb, kind of staring into it as flames reflect in its crystal surface. And I see within its depths the faces of three strangers who perhaps is because those three strangers are right in front of me being magnified through the orb. Um, And I gaze upon it and I see, yes, fate has indeed guided me towards these people. Harold! And I turn, I fling my cloak behind me, I look at the guy upon the stage still, and I say, you emissary of the town master, you will maintain some semblance of order here. I believe that fate itself has guided me to where the giver is truly located. Um, and I'd, I'd like to create an advantage here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I guess in, in the state of the town, which is... Uh, friends of the town master known to the town master i'd i'd like to make it so that if we get into uh any situation where the law is at hand uh they see us as kind of official emissaries of the law okay 
Yeah, great. All right. Uh, make for me, although this is, the, see, this is my, my 5e D&D brain coming in is I'm used to like the, the game master, um, you know, dictating, all right, this is the ability you're going to use. This sounds like a, this check to me. I, I believe fate is kind of the opposite. You can actually argue to me or, or put a case to me more accurately, what, uh, approach you want to try and use. And I can say, ah, I don't, it, this doesn't sound like you're breaking the door open with your feet carefully this sounds like a forceful <laughs> approach um but so so what do you think that you would uh you know th- this sort of check this would be i think it's funny that you mentioned forceful because that's exactly what i'm thinking of i think okay. i am i'm just kind of turning to the guy pointing directly at him and saying you will do this for me and just kind of imposing my will upon gotcha. him Gotcha. Force of personality. All right. Make a forceful check for me. All right. Here comes the rule. Four six-sided fate dice comes up. Two blank. One plus one minus. That's zero on the dice. Plus two from forceful. A fair roll. Okay. A fair roll. This individual, you you know his name. uh, If I didn't say it before, his name is Argus Grinch. Um, uh, Argus (laughs) is... uh, the town prior, uh, as mentioned, wrapped in brown scarves, a heavy black coat and a, a tattered top hat that he wears uh, atop his head. Brand- brandishes or has been brandishing uh, a short sword all night. And though it looks quite out of uh, place in his hand, uh, it does nonetheless flash dangerously in the, the torchlight uh, and in the bonfire light. Um And uh, I say he was flashing it because when you came on stage and kind of overshadowed him, he's just kind of been leaning on it um, the rest of the night, completely blunting the the point of the blade by standing on it, demonstrating that he's indeed not a soldier. And as you point at him (laughs) and make your demands... He looks at you and just, you know, uh, as as you make this massive proclamation, he says, All right. And, like starts one boot over the other to come down the steps off the stage and and uh, makes his way towards the alderman's house. Uh, along the way, you know, there, there's not really a, a guard force within Landhouse as much as like a, a uh, militia, uh, so to speak. And so he sort of is rounding up a couple folks as he goes and you see him making his way off towards the alderman's house to, to make it official. Very good. Um I think with, with that taken care of, I will walk towards the other people here who have been parted from the crowd, and I say, the auspices of fate have smiled upon you. I believe I will follow your venture. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, we can take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he doesn't even have a sword. <laughs> well, we're going to of him. All right, okay, all right. We're ready to go. We're good to go. Join us. Join us in this this uh, honorable hunt. Yes. I would be <laughs> overjoyed to do so, yet fate is cloudy to me. You lead the way. Okay. <laughs> and I start walking <laughs> off to that same house. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna yeah. have to we're just mm-hmm. gonna have to do this under his nose. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. No problem. Um, as you begin to make your way, I am going to, uh, invoke just as part of the end of that last scene, another aspect against Kalos, uh, mysterious explosive magic, um, which I think is publicly known about, uh, and in the lands of the Burak empire where Landhouse is, is situated, magic is seen with a great amount of suspicion and distrust. And while I would imagine that Kalos is a licensed spellcaster and therefore um, not not an apostate, not actively pursued by by any law enforcement. This guy, Mr. Good Sir, or Big Good Sir, sorry, my bad, Mr. Big Good Sir. Um, Please, please, just big. Mr. Good Sir was my father. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He he is suspicious of you as well. Mm. Um, uh, So you can take an extra fate point um, for his suspicion towards you. You're really not certain about be good sirs uh uh feeling about being with this group he follows at a bit of a distance hugs close to brillo but stays quite distant away from uh from kalos gladly i would gladly accept that fate point um as you're you're going along, there's like a row of houses, a row of doors um some of the 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 thugs the 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 what did we call them before the 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 uh, mobsters uh, yep, yep. are like 
knocking on people's doors and you see uh, some of them have like a, a fire axe and are like axing down somebody's door. He is Johnny style. And then the poor person living inside, when the axe comes back, just sticks their head out the door, out the gap in their door and just says, what's all this about? What are you doing? And the crowd are like, oh, we're going to get the giver. We're going to get him. And he's like, you can't get the giver here. This is my home. Giver's <laughs> not here. Go look somewhere else. Um, Go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He just seems bothered more than anything. Um, the approach I would like to take yeah, please. Uh, to, to this particular home that we're approaching is I want to figure out how the giver is getting into these houses. Okay. I feel like I think in a similar way. So I'd like to sort of um, take my, not go straight in through the door. We've got big good, sir. We could, we could probably smash down the door, but I'd rather than smashing down the door, I'd like to, to sort of, you know, uh, uh, case, case the joint a little bit and gotcha. see if the giver was to break into this home, how would he do it? I want to start building an MO. Okay. Gotcha. All right. This definitely to me seems like a careful approach. Is that how you yes. want to uh, go yes. proceed with this? All right. I do. Um, roll careful for me. I will do this thing that you ask. All right. Okay. That, okay. Not great. Uh, that's <laughs> two, two minuses and one plus on the dice, uh, bringing me to a grand total of one for my, right. for my roll. So, so, so here's where we can, here's where we can start doing some cool things with fate. Uh, since I am felonious, I am well versed in this sort of thing. So I want to use a fate point to add two to her role. Can okay. I also add a fate point to my role? You yes. sure can. Just to really like nail it in, because I should have been thinking of this. I I want to invoke that I'm a notorious cat burglar. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. uh, so that so two uh, uh, is added for Eleanor being a notorious cat burglar, and two is added uh, for Brillo being a felonious gnome. Which took me a sec. I was like, felonious? What is that? Like <laughs> a cat? Oh, like a felon. Got it. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that brings the total to five, five. Um, costing you each a fate point. Uh, and as the two of you begin to case this house, this house is, um, Team it has like a, the dream work. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has like a, a porch on the front of it with stairs that lead up. So the house is kind of on stilts, but there's no like underneath it, it you know, maybe it's got like a basement or something um, beneath it, but it definitely elevates this house above the buildings around it. Uh, possibly why you spotted it in the street. You can see that it's got large windows, um, but the windows are intact as far as you see and probably locked. All the curtains are drawn. So just from the ground, as you case around the side of this thing, you can't, see through the 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 windows um the front door you assume is locked and the back door which is behind like a small fence that you can't see over the fence it's it's head height it's maybe you know five six feet tall uh, jeffrey made that uh, yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. um you can uh you assume that the doors must be locked the only other entrance you can think of as you look up and up and up is the chimney but the chimney off the ground, it's two stories high, effectively kind of three stories. Not only is it very high, but you're not sure that you would fit down the chimney. I because, look at Brillo. <laughs> <laughs> He's already fairly soot covered. So, yeah. Uh, do I think I could fit down that chimney? Probably, yeah, actually. I mean, chimneys do, they, they sort of narrow as they go up. So if you can get through the first little, like, bit, then yes, you could get down uh, to the bottom for sure. Uh, hey, Big, could you give me a boost over the fence? All right. <laughs> this is in the name of investigation. <laughs> yes. No, no uh, tossing, just gentle. <laughs> Make for me... A uh, clever roll. Clever. Uh, plus two, minus two comes out to zero, and plus two for clever, so that's a two. Okay, great. Uh, you convince him uh, 
and, and assuage him that he should not toss you over the the fence and just kind of he looks like he like he's too enthusiastic to begin with but then you talk him down and he raises you up and you go over mm. into the backyard um there is in the backyard so places can have aspects as well and if i'm understanding how this works correctly uh one aspect of this backyard is a dog um uh, and the dog begins to bark uh as soon as you hit the ground comes running out of its kennel and you can see quite festively the dog has attached to its head uh kind of like you know held there probably with string these like bony half cut antlers uh, which actually just make it look more terrifying as it r- dashes out of the darkness towards you barking. Uh, the aspect of this dog is that it's chained. So it stops short of reaching you and kind of gets yanked by its chain a little bit, but continues to kind of growl and bark. It's not a big dog, but to Brillo, you know, it's not a small dog. I I have it's- a... a, a- learned a version to dogs barking in my line of work. So I'm going to pull okay. out um, some dog treats that I always bring with me just in case. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and I'm going to quickly try and, uh, and sort of chill the dog out, calm it down. Okay. So you're currently on the other side of the fence. Do you want to climb over the fence? I'll as hop well? the fence. I'll hop the fence. All right. Can I get you, um, just cause you saw you, you've done a few things here, but can I get you to do a roll for me and I'll get this to be a, um, what do you, th- uh, actually, yeah, again, I need to learn to uh, still thinking with my five E brain. Um, uh, what do you think you should roll? And what I'm getting you to roll on is like basically getting over your own bravery to jump the fence. Cause you don't know what it looks like on the other side. I, um, I- you just hear the barking of the dog. I think it's quickly. I think I'm trying to to act fast. Okay. Um, great. Because I don't. I also don't know that it's chained, and I need my partner to not get eaten today. Um, okay. So I'm just going to try and. And act I am fast. screaming like a little gnome. So <laughs> you, you have that going for you. All right. Okay. So uh, uh, it's bad again. It's bad. Uh, the dice give me two minuses and a plus, which brings me to a minus one, plus one for quick, which gives me zero. <laughs> You can't help but to kind of, like, freeze on the spot. You reach in, you grab the dog cookies, um, and who says Grim Hollow is not scary? Because you, as you pull out the cookie, your hand, like, shaking, um, you, you know, it, it basically just kind of freezes there with this dog cookie shaking in your hand. The camera reverses, looks at Big Good Sir uh, and Kalos, and they're just, like, kind of... <laughs> What's- yeah, we like look at they each other. They hear even more screaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kalos, how would you uh, like to to solve this situation? Um, I I'd like to maybe assuage a number of situations at once. I'd like to spook the dog and maybe see if I can also uh, quiet this riotous crowd from busting this guy's door down. This is the same house, right? They're the ones who are they're jack torrenting this guy's door down. They're across the street from each other. So, like, where you're standing, maybe you've oh, been okay, distracted okay. as this has all been happening, like, looking over at that happening. But there may be, like, you know, three, I was about to say meters then. Uh, let's say, yeah, maybe, like, ten feet from each other, really, because it's, like, a, a side street beside the house. So you can see that happening, uh, this guy getting pulled out through his door at the same time as you can hear the screams and dog barking from the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would like to just kind of spur of the moment, uh, try and startle the dog, startle the crowd by I will uh, throw my hand up into the air and shoot a firecracker up into the sky, essentially. Okay. And just cause this big <laughs> up there. I think this is a flashy roll. I think so too. Make a flashy roll for me. Don't. <laughs> so <laughs> one blank. of the things. One of yeah. the things we want to do is figure out if this is trying to create an advantage, uh, which would Ooh. then yes. make an aspect, or if we're trying to overcome something. Because even if you fail, you can still succeed, but at a serious cost. So you get to choose if you want to succeed. But oh, then okay. we, we narratively say what happens, what's the serious cost of you doing that. Okay, okay. I, I, I quite like this, because I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to overcome the problem 
that okay. uh, that these burglars are facing, which is this dog is going to draw too much attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I rolled two blank two minus for a total of one on this roll. Um, but I think I'd like to succeed on pulling uh, on spooking the dog and getting them back in a good situation by kind of drawing a lot of unwanted attention to myself. Okay, gotcha. All right, no problem. You you succeed exactly what you're doing. Um, the dog is dazed uh, and kind of like, you know, it, it stops barking, looks up at this flash, go up into the, the sky. And as we know, dogs hate fireworks. So it just goes running back into its kennel and disappears in there. The people across the street who are haranguing the guy who's like, oh, there's no giver here, I swear, as um, uh, he gets pulled out of his house, um, the gang that are doing that kind of stop, see the 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 the, the flare, sorry, sp- uh, fly into the air, and then they look at you, Kalos, and they recognize you, and they're like, oh, he's onto something. He's there, there's someone in that house, and they all like to begin to come over as well, um, ostensibly to help you, but now they're like, you know, they they just start like taking their hatchets to the back fence um, and begin to 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 you know create a gap in the fence. Let's get in there. The giver must be in there. He's it's a sign. It's a signal. Uh, we we so, gotta get in before so, they get in. <laughs> Can can I can I try and invoke that aspect I created earlier of our riled up, uh, persuadable oh. crowd? Yes, yes, you can. So you can use a fate point to invoke the aspect. Um, I think I'll you do get that. To, you get to do it once for free. Oh. Yes, no, that is true. Correct, because you created. So you don't have to aspect. use a fate point. Yep. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> that, no problem. That's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> I'm. I, my character is thinking very fast, and so I'm trying to. Want, is there any other big building in town that I could just like look out onto the horizon and see? Yeah, absolutely. The clock tower. Everybody knows the clock tower. It's not that far from here. It's close to the town square. <laughs> it's got like a a, a a sundial on the side of it that doesn't work because it's a, a <laughs> vertical sundial. But everybody knows the clock tower. <laughs> I will raise my arms and say, No, you fools, not this house. I directed up into the sky to the highest point of this town. Look, look to its highest point. Okay, cool. Uh, I will get you, and this is overcoming a a, a problem. I'll get you to roll clever. You add two Mm. to the result because you're Mm. invoking uh, the aspect. Hmm. All right, here. <laughs> uh, my clever is plus one, blank, blank, minus, minus. Uh, that's a minus one, plus two from the aspect. That is a plus one. Okay, cool. No, you, you, can also, you can also spend a fate point to completely re-roll all the dice. Oh, um, oh let's okay. do that. I actively didn't know that. Go for it. Let's <laughs> do that. Okay, um, that is blank, blank, plus, plus, plus one, plus two. That's a five now okay great perfect <laughs> just okay. a little different just a little <laughs> a little better <laughs> okay so for overcoming an obstacle uh with you succeeded with style um because you got more than than what you like well more than what you needed it's like rolling plus five on an ability check in 5e so you i think it's like if you roll plus three over or plus two over your what the dc that i set anyway details cool. uh not only do they be like, the clock tower, of course the clock tower, it must be its lair, that thing doesn't work at all. And That's they what all turn I said, around. I said clock tower, I did, I, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Add a, a little plus one for the help as you, as you chip that in there. Uh, they all go running off like riotously towards the clock tower. Um, uh, even the guy who's like getting pulled out of his house, he's like, what? Clock tower? He goes running off as well. <laughs> just leaving his, uh, just leaving his, uh, his house open. Um, creating he's a monster a, now. Uh, the uh, kids yeah. are like, daddy, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, they're looking out as well. Um, that creates a boost. Uh, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. I was, I was struggling to wrap my head around these. I believe this is also an aspect that you can invoke, but I think it needs to be invoked immediately. Um, well, you, you can, you can invoke it one time. Right. Gotcha. Um, what would you like that aspect to be? What makes sense to you, uh, James, in, in the context of this? Ooh, I would say, 
Does this aspect have to be something about the mob? No, it could be something about the situation. It could be something about yourself or, or somebody else. Uh, tell me if this doesn't doesn't jibe, but I'd like to make an aspect about the clock tower. Okay. Which is fortified. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. Yes. Okay. That, that's, that's exactly why you thought of the clock tower. Is not only was it the biggest one in town, but you were also like, ah, oh, they won't get in there. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will be pounding on that door for hours. <laughs> yeah, great. Mm-hmm. How much damage could they do? Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, you're now standing in a street that is empty, quiet. There's a hole in the fence. It's not a massive hole, but it's enough for you all to step through if you want to. The dog is just like, sh- like you can hear its bones shivering inside of its kennel. Um, and uh, otherwise, it's a quiet, wintry night. Thanks for the assist. How would you like to proceed? Um, well, I mean, I feel like, Brillo, can you handle the chimney and I'll get, I'll get this one in? I and will do, do my you, best. Are we bringing the tall guy in? Are we bringing? Sorry, I didn't. Big, I didn't large, huge. That. Are we yeah. bringing the tall guy in with us as well? Uh, hey, big. Do you want to come in, or do you want to wait out here? That's a very good question for uh, Big Good Sir, aka Big McLarge Huge, uh, which is what his <laughs> friends call him. Um, <laughs> He thinks about it for a solid second. I'm actually going to make a roll for him. This isn't necessarily a, a, a rules roll, but I'm just going to make a roll. Um, uh, he does not want to come in. Uh, he he kind of like scratches his head for a second. He sees the crowd run off. He looks uh, at Kalos, who he was already suspicious of, and just goes, I'll watch God. <laughs> And just like crosses his arms and like stands and pretends to watch the street, but he's really watching Kalos out of the corner of his eye. Okay, great. Um, so then I don't need to find like a, a big window or anything. You happy? I, I turn to uh, to Kalos. Are you are you happy? Are you happy to climb in a window, or would you rather I unlock the front door for you? Kalos Drake does not climb into windows. Okay, noted. Good. Excellent. Uh, so if Brillo can handle the chimney, I'm gonna uh, just come in through a window, s- sneak on in. Uh, probably you, you mentioned that they were they were locked, so I'll probably mm-hmm. take my time unlocking a window. Just mm-hmm. you know, just okay. Um, is this a clever roll that you're, or a careful? I think would more accurate. Yeah, I be. really hope it's not a clever roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you, you're forceful. You're trying to break the window open. No, yes, um, I would say it's a clever roll, which activates my stunt. Uh, so, for people who don't know, stunts are like extra cool things that you can do given specific circumstances that are sort of. Um, previously established so my stunt is that because i am a dab hand with locks i get plus two to carefully overcome obstacles when i attempt to bypass a lock so let's hope that saves me from my own terrible rolls climbing up to a window (laughs) (laughs) no folks it's not good it's not good i'm gonna um i'm gonna have to spend a fate point i think this is uh i have a reputation to uphold i rolled three minuses and a blank (sighs) Um, and I'm just not dealing with that today so I'm going to (laughs) re-roll with my fate point because I have a reputation to uphold okay okay that's only one minus and three blinks so that that is better (laughs) so that's uh, plus two for careful Mm -hmm. which brings me to plus one and plus two for my stunt which Mm -hmm. brings me to plus three exactly what you needed as that lock uh, just (laughs) pops open after a, a few moments of, of careful, uh, considered lock picking. Um, during While you're doing that, while you're picking that lock, uh, I think particularly given your careful approach, Brillo has probably had time to start climbing the house. Is that what you wish to do, Brillo? Absolutely. Make for me, what do you think this would be? Are you trying to get up uh, the house as quietly as possible, as quickly as possible, um, or are you just like punching holes in the wall uh, and climbing up Wolverine style to get up there as forcefully as possible? What I'm really trying to do is figure out the the easiest way to do this to see how someone else might might do it. 
I'm, I'm trying to be clever, I would say, trying to be clever about it to, to find the way that would be easiest for someone else. Okay. Uh, roll clever for me. All right. Uh, boom. Two pluses and two blanks. So with my clever of plus two, that comes out to a plus four. Uh, you can see on the inside of the fence from the backyard, there is like a bit of a garden that's being grown here. Um, as Eleanor approaches the window and begins to to kind of unlock it, the ground ground floor window, which is up on a, a, a bench or a porch is what I mean to say. Um, you can see that like there's that wooden grid. I'm not really sure what it's called. A garden, gardening grid, a garden. A grid. lattice. There you go, a lattice, thank you. There's a lattice that, uh, you know, goes up the side of the porch and that has vines that grow not just up the lattice, but when they get above the lattice, uh, they kind of spread out and grow all across the second story. And in fact, actually reach up and get to the chimney as well. So it's it's not an issue for you to just climb up those vines, especially being as lightweight as you are, uh, to get to the top. So anyone that could climb a ladder basically could have climbed this uh, um, you think it would have been like uh, maybe a, not a, a little ladder, harder. yeah, okay. a little hard. Like you know, you have to have some athleticism, um, okay. and also like the vines might snap away relatively easily for somebody who was you know too big, too heavy. Mister Big, huge, ginormous, muscly <laughs> sir could not have possibly made it up this uh, gotcha. this vine lattice. He has a lot of aliases. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> He's more notorious than we are at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people see him in the street standing guard next to the broken fence, and they're like, oh, no, it's Mr. Huge Guy. Let's get out of here. And they just run away. Excellent. All right, um, then I will move to the chimney to, to investigate that. Okay, looking down through the chimney, uh, it is narrow, but you do think that you could actually slot yourself down into it. It's not so much like a square chimney as one of those, like, kind of flat uh, long ones, uh, you know, the type, yeah, everybody knows chimneys. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like a letterbox opening for you to, to kind of jump down into. Fortunately, because it's so tight in there, you actually could, you know, put your arms out and, uh, jimmy your way down, um, just with the, the kind of friction of your own, you know, body mass. But as the chimney gets wider, it would get, and you know this just from your bl burglary, your, your felonious uh, knowledge. Uh, as it gets further down, you're kind of like pushing further and, and further. Um, it would probably be, to be honest with you, um, unless you can figure out something else, uh, another another approach to this, uh, possibly a forceful check, just because you need the, the physical strength to kind of, keep your arms out to stop yourself just dropping down uh, two stories into the house. Uh, you can use that approach if you want, or if you have another approach that you think would work equally well. No, I, you know what? Anything for a piece of silver. That's, that's my <laughs> motto. So I forceful. Sure. Why not? Here we go. Right. You make a roll. Just hold on to the, the result for a second. As I ask. Will do. Uh, Kalos, uh, seeing these two felonious individuals, I'm going to use that word endlessly now, um, approach the window, get the lock open, and the other one's legs just disappear down the chimney. Uh, what are you doing? Are you following through the window? Are you... Uh, I'm unlocking I, the door for you. Just yes, so you know. <laughs> I am I'm awaiting my point of entry. I'm just standing by, by Mr. Goodsir. And okay, I'll great. say, yeah, I'll just look to him and say, Dirk Hardpeck, you do good work. <laughs> uh, the door clicks open sean how did you go on that roll oh i got a zero total uh zero on the dice uh i am forceful plus one but since i will do anything for a piece of silver including risk my neck at climbing i'll use a fate point to make that a plus three Okay, great. Uh, not too difficult. Your arms are a little bit, you know, the lactic acid is building up by the time you get to the <laughs> bottom, uh, but you basically roll out of the, the chimney. Fortunately, the, the fire not being lit in the, the fireplace um, uh, and roll out of it into... You, you. All three of you find yourselves simultaneously inside this small, dark, um, kind of like living room space, and it is fairly... It is fairly homely, you know, like these are a weller to do uh, family living inside of Landhouse than many of the surrounding uh, spaces. You can see that there's this, um, you know, swooping 
staircase is the adjective I'm going to use uh, that that climbs up to the the second uh, story of the house and it's got this polished banister that comes down. The living room itself is nicely carpeted, though there's a bit of soot on there now. Um, you can see above the fireplace, you kind of brush your head on it as you come out from, from uh, the fireplace. There are um, stockings uh, or old kind of like um, socks pinned uh, to the fireplace and uh, two of them, there's actually three in total. There's uh, a big sock, uh, a slightly smaller sock, uh, a little a little kid sock that looks like it's been finger Classic. painted, uh, and then like a, a wheelie little little baby sock that's also kind of pinned there as well. Um, nice, you know, upholstered furniture. Um, you can see there's portraits on the walls as well. Yeah, I pick my houses like a kid who's trick or treating. I'm like, where are the people who are going to have the best candy? <laughs> I feel wrong for saying candy. Okay, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as you come in here, there is also one other thing in here as well. There, there's an aspect to this room which is the sound of a fly. Just kind of, and as you look down into the center of the room, it's kind of between the three of you. As you all step inside, is sitting on the ground in the darkness. It just looks like a a gray lump uh, or two gray lumps, and a fly just lands on it. Oh, no. And closer inspection, you can see it's not quite that prank. Uh, you can see <laughs> that there is like a heart. And what looks like, at a guess, a, a liver or some other organ Gross. that's just like sitting there in the middle of the carpet, so utterly out of place with the rest of the way that this uh, this family seems to live. They definitely didn't leave it there themselves. He's been here. Everyone what do you think the fence will give for a heart and a liver? I mean, probably nothing. I feel like you'd have to take this to um, Joffrey the Butcher. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends this, on what meat, right? Like, what animal is this? This I don't is know. awful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I take oh. offense to that. Um, <laughs> terrible. Really bad. <laughs> Um, I'd stop this scene dead with that one. Yeah. <laughs> we need a moment's silence for that. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, it hurts. Um, Just us shaking like our heads sh- slowly while, while James, you look down in your camera feed. Um, uh, Carlos, we- you're from around here. Do you recognize whose heart and liver that is? Let me gaze into the orb and see if I can find the answer to the question. Oh, he's going to gaze into the orb. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to produce the orb and I'm going to hold it down by the heart and see what the mythic resonances of this world have to say to me. Okay. Um, I imagine this would be a, a, a clever check just to try and identify something about uh, the grisly scene we see before us. Let's say that it is, um, and I'm also, which I believe I'm able to do as the the GM, the storyteller, the title that that is whatever title is bestowed upon me in this game. Um, I'm going to invoke uh, one of your aspects to actually help you, um, and I'm going to invoke has visions from other worlds uh, as you get Ooh. down and and try to consider what this is. Thank you. Do I have to do I have to pay a fate point for that? No, no, no. I pay a fate point uh, on your behalf. Ah, it's a good life wanna... for some. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, three pluses, one minus. Um, plus one from my clever is three. And are you saying I get a plus two from the further aspect Correct. that's been invoked? Yep. Plus five. Very nice. Okay. Um, that is definitely uh, succeeding with style as you get down. Um, I suppose, sorry, we, 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 we've, we've fallen into 5e land, I think, again, James, in terms of forgetting whether this is creating an advantage or overcoming an obstacle. What, Sean, what do you think this would be? Um, hmm. It really depends on what, if he's trying to figure out who this belongs to, uh, I would say that's trying to overcome. Okay. Uh, if if you're trying to get some um, a more uh, 
a more nebulous advantage, then you're trying to create an advantage that could be, you know, connected to the spirit world or something like that, which then you can invoke later as we do more investigation. I think to me, this sounds like an obstacle to us learning the truth. So I'd like to overcome the obstacle and get us closer to the truth. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, not only do do you do that, you also get a boost. So you, you do get to, to create a an aspect at the end of this. As you get closer, um, you, you look into your orb, um, you see shadowy figures in your orb. One approaches on your left shoulder, one approaches on your right shoulder, uh, one this shadowy half-elf gazing out at you from the orb, the other uh, a mysterious gnome uh, wearing a helmet made of steel gazes up at you. Um, but this you're is looking, us looking over your shoulder at the You're at looking... The as you, you gaze into this crystal and wonder who these two individuals are, you hear something distant and faint, a sort of bleating, a... Sounds like a goat or a, or a sheep or something. These are not human remains, you are convinced, but that of a of an animal, likely a goat, you think, as you... I don't know if that's what goats sound like. Likely a goat as you stand back <laughs> up and, and finish your, your scrying. You can also create a boost, creating an aspect that can be used once about this room, these, these, these organs, your orb. Hmm. I'd like to uh, create an aspect of this room that is unmysterious so that anyone who wants to search it is no longer bogged down by shadow or mystery it becomes easier gotcha. to look through for mundane objects gotcha you 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 realize the mundanity of the the objects in front of you you know these so out of place and alien in this room and they are still out of place but when you realize that they are you know probably from a butcher it almost seems um it loses some of the the suspense of it uh however as you note what these things are Stand back up, compose yourself, look around the room. The three of you do hear another noise. It's a creak on the stairs. And then you hear a, a tiny voice say, Are you the Guiva? That's all we have time for on this week's episode of the Eldritch Lorecast, but part two of A Very Grim Hollow Christmas is coming next week, so stick around because we will be back with the rest of this adventure. In the meanwhile, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email podcast at ghostfiregaming.com. Drop us a line. Tell us what you're doing over the festive season. If you've learned a new role-playing game or just want to talk about tabletop RPGs in general, we look forward to seeing you all next week. <laughs>